Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, and, of course, on YouTube. Joining me today, as they do every week, all the way through the Super Bowl, to make the picks for the footballs. Pat Boyle. Mark Lugan. It's PBS. Pat Boyle, what's up, bro? Winning week for you. Winning week for all of us. Three and two. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Pete, but there's room for improvement. There's room for a 4-1 and one or a 5-0 and oh this week. I told you the quest to get back to 500 we need to see me go, what, 20 and 10, right, over the final five weeks of the regular season. And then whatever we do in the playoffs after that is going to be gravy, and it's going to be even more winning. So three and two, but that trend's got to continue and get better. So I'm looking at four and one this week as the benchmark. Yeah, and it's week 14. There's five weeks, bro, of the regular season. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Week 14 already. Can you believe it? I can't. I certainly can't. Mark. I love I love how you do the Francesa every single week. <laughs> <laughs> like there's definitely like a really high chance of 99% of the people listening just don't care or have no idea what we're doing, but it's just, it's for me. It's for me and you every time. And go to Funhouse Twitter and search Funhouse's page. Cause you'll be able to, maybe it might take you 10, 15 minutes of scrolling, but it is worth it to see the compilation of Francesa going week by week, week seven already. Can you believe it? <laughs> week 12 already. Can you believe every week? He can't believe that the next week has come. Neither can I. I'm right there with him. I can't believe it. Mark, can you believe it? Mark should Lugan three and two for you last week as well. What's up? Uh, not much, Pete. Looking forward to another, uh, you know, week to try and get back to uh, even. What are we nine back? Combined or you, you and Pat? No, no, no my, myself. Well, let's ignore yes. the man in the orange shirt. You can't trust a man wearing orange, but uh <laughs> What, you know, that, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. You never heard that before. You can't trust a man wearing an orange shirt. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it. I literally just made it up five seconds ago. But uh, especially in week fourteen, you can't trust somebody in an orange shirt. Oh man, uh, Mark, Mark, I thought you were gonna you were gonna go somewhere about me being late today. I thought you were gonna say no. Nah. Uh, you know, Ready. No, no, I've been ready for a while. Me and Pat already had that conversation off camera. <laughs> Very fair. You know, it happens. Whoever's the latest gets shit talked until the other person's uh, until until you're finally there. I mean, well, I'm much more interested in a certain quarterback zero touchdown, two interception stat line from last week. But oh wow, are you giving us an insight, perhaps, of, uh, we'll of get, one of your? Picks? No, we'll no, no. he had no, a touchdown, if I remember correctly. He ran one in. That doesn't count. Well. Who are you talking that about? Daniel count. Jones, I assume. Daniel Mike Jones? White. No, rushing oh, touchdowns don't count now. We're talking oh, about yeah, that's perfect. Mike White video. That's perfect. Can we actually – let's start there. Let's start talking about Mike White just because it obviously was a, a big talking point for us last week where we were, were going through all our picks and whatever, and then at the end of the show, basically in the last words portion of the show – you know, we asked Mark about about the Vikings and Mike White or the Jets. I don't even remember how it came up, but Mark, you came out very strong with a with a strong stance on how good Mike White could be or is as a quarterback, which Jets fans definitely didn't appreciate. And you said the Vikings should have been what was it nine and a half point favorites? And Pat said your sports book would get decimated. Now, he granted, was right. 
We was right with that. It looked nice like you were you were both basically right because the Vikings couldn't hold on to their lead. However, they did look like the better team. Your sports book would have gotten decimated, but Mike White did not particularly show up to that matchup. Now, I challenged you on on the pod mid pod to change your pick in week uh, or pick two, which was Vikings plus three and a half and Dolphins plus ten and a half. You said no. Looked like you were going to work out fine until a stupid fumble ruined your Dolphins portion of that teaser leg. But after putting that take on TikTok, which it got a ton of engagement on, follows on TikTok at Subway Sports Dog. I was like 20 different people commenting on him, and I'd say 15 of them were pretty mad at you, which was which was really funny. So lucky I don't have what TikTok. You, yeah, what do you want to say to the people out there who are listening now who maybe got a little mad at you last week for your Mike White stance? Well, look, Pete, I'm assuming all those people who were not really feeling my take were probably all typical delusional New York sports fans that probably think their team is going to the Super Bowl and uh, they couldn't be more wrong um, because Mike White is not a good quarterback and yeah he threw for like 300 and you know 60 yards it also took him like 97 attempts to get there um, and what you went you go one for six in the red zone so that's that's 16 percent that ain't gonna cut it um, I got news for them as well it's not going to get much better up in Buffalo this week either so Enjoy another L because it's coming. It's definitely not going to be easy for them. And uh, just to give some more context, because I just got to go through some of this. I the, co- the the caption on the TikTok with you going through your Mike White take was all caps. Mike White is not your savior. And I was like, Mark does not hold back, blah, blah, blah. And, and some people came out like kind of strong, right? There was one guy in particular who actually deserves a shout out because if everybody was like this online, the world would be a better place. Uh, for the most part, because because just listen to this. So he goes, he starts off. You're you're gonna question my my stance here for a second, but just just bear with me. So he starts off. This is real Scott Rose, real Scott Rose on TikTok. This guy is better off shutting the fuck up instead of talking like he knows what he's saying. So starts off very strong, right? So I'm like, Pete and Pat were shook by how hard this came out. He'll either be a genius or or an idiot. We'll guess. I guess we'll find out. He's completely disregarding the amazing young and fast defense of, in Minnesota. While good is overrated, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So when I came to your defense, Mark. I said, to Mark's defense, which he may or may not deserve, he definitely shouted out the Jets' defense very fairly in the full-length episode. He goes, ah, all right, that's fair. So he's coming back to life, right? And then I didn't even respond to that. After the game, he came back to the TikTok and said, "He's where? Well, where I lost it now. Oh, and he goes, damn, I was wrong. That, he, he came back to the TikTok and literally admitted defeat. How often do you hear something like that on the social media airwaves? It's, I, I was honestly, I was impressed. So I said, I respect your honesty. You weren't completely wrong, though, and Mark wasn't completely right. The wide receivers could have been better. They had chances until next week. But, but I, was, I was just really happy with that interaction there. He came out so hard, calling you a bad guy. I had to come to your defenses. And then after the game, he came up, put his hand up and said, you know what? This Mark guy wasn't wrong. I think I was wrong. I'm impressed by real Scott Rose. I must say. Hey, I appreciate any man that can come back and say that they're incorrect. I mean, I, I've done it, what, 37 times now through through 13 weeks? <laughs> yes, that's a good point. But no, I just I just appreciated that. I appreciate that. And that was, uh, there was a couple other people uh, who came out strong. Not, not nice things to say, but most people were just like, damn, like this is kind of crazy. There's one or two people who were like, yo, I'm in for this. So I, I loved it. I love the reactions by everybody. So thanks you. Thank you for following and tuning in on, on social media. 
but Mark, maybe we'll get some more hot takes out of you. Maybe we'll get some Jets picks out of you, or maybe some Vikings picks, because that game has been the most talked about game, in my estimation, in week 14. Every single podcast I look at, every single article I look at, it's all about Lions and Vikings. Why is the spread what it is? I got a text just about 20 minutes ago. Can you explain to me why the Vikings are underdogs? Can you explain to me why the Vikings are plus two, two and a half, whatever it is at the moment? It's nuts. So I don't know. Do you guys have that game in your picks? I do. You do. Mark, do you? Yeah, I'm iffy on this this last pick of whether I'm going to okay. mess around with the spread itself or just a prop in the game. Okay, so Pat, since you have it in your picks, I won't take this time to talk about it now since we're going to get to it. Because if we if none of us had it in our picks, we would have to talk about it. Have you guys heard the same buzz about this line so yeah. far this week? Everybody's saying how and why and for what reason. It's and and like it makes sense to an extent, right? But the fact that it crossed over, it crossed over the zero. It opened up at Vikings minus two and a half, and now is all the way over to Lions minus two. It is wild, so thankfully we will talk about it when we get to that portion. And with all that being said, I have to come out here and talk about, obviously, our friends over at DraftKings because the NBA season is heating up, y'all, and there are so many unknowns in this league still. But there are some things that are starting to shake out and take shape. I remember in the preseason pod, I mentioned this guy as one of the longer shot MVPs that I like that I threw a little wager on on DraftKings. That's Jason Tatum. This guy's averaging 30 points a game. He's top five in the league in win shares according to basketball reference. Listen, the odds are not going to get better than they are now. He's already gone down a little bit from where he was to start the season at plus 1,500. Now, futures, they're starting to change. He's got plus 350. You missed out on the big-time odds. He's got now the third Best odds, but it's not too late. That's still a good payout. And there are some other folks that might be interesting to throw some money on as well. But Tatum, to me, is one of those guys that might just be his year. And when I'm looking to get into the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now, check this out. That's for new customers. What can everyone else get? Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. This has been going on all year. It ain't stopping now. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player pops like rebounds, points, three-pointers made, and more. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. This has been nice for me because I, I like dabbling throughout the week. You know, Sundays are obviously big time days, but then you got basketball throughout the week. You get involved with the same game parlay. Maybe you don't even like a side. I do that sometimes. I don't even like a side, but I think this guy might get 20 or this guy might get 10 rebounds. And all of a sudden I got a plus 300 same game parlay. That's getting stepped up from DraftKings and looking even better. So download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Pat, how about you? You want to start us off with our first pick of the week? Is that, does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds very fair because I'm going right back to the New York Jets here and I'm taking my boy Mike White to cover the 10 points. Jets plus 10. Let's rock and roll. Up in Orchard Park, um, it is supposed to be very, very poor weather. 
I, I checked last night on Friday night. Now that we're recording Saturday morning, let's get a look again. 32 degrees with a 50% chance of snow. Well, usually weather favors the less talented team on paper having more of a chance. So let's go. Jets plus 10. If this game's going to be snowy, I love it even more. Um, I might even sprinkle a little on Jets on the money line. That is right. The Jets to beat the Bills outright for the second straight time this year. Mike White under center. They've got as good of a chance as they as they did last game when it was fucking Zach Wilson and they won the game. What does that tell you? That the Jets defense is Super Bowl caliber. They've proved it all year. The defense is entirely healthy. The linebacking core has not allowed running backs to get to the second level. The secondary has locked up star receivers. Justin Jefferson got DJ Reed once. That was it. He was shut down the rest of the game outside of that. Seven catches, 45 yards. So Stephon Diggs, welcome to the sauce house. He's going to have a tough time. Hopefully that opens the door for Gabe Davis. But we haven't, as somebody that has Gabe Davis on my fantasy team, he has not produced to the numbers that he should have this year. Um, and Dawson Knox has, has – somebody put him on a fucking milk carton. Dawson Knox has been invisible. So the Bills offense, as good as it is on talent, on paper, they haven't been operating to their full potential. And the last couple of games, I mean, really, in my opinion, they've, they've relied on the defense. And in that game against Detroit, they needed a miracle drive to win the game. So they are very vulnerable right now. Uh, somebody that has the Bills winning the Super Bowl – um, in a pre, you know, in a futures pick early in the year, uh, they need to round into form, and I, and maybe they will in the final four weeks. But I think this is a matchup that favors the Jets big time, especially when you add in the inclement weather. So Mike F and White, he uh, is going to have a tough time throwing the ball, obviously, because it's going to be cold and snowy. But you enter Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight, who has been running the rock really well for the Jets the last two weeks. Michael Carter's in the mix. The offensive line. Even though without Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Becton, they have held up well. So the Jets are absolutely going to keep this within the 10. Gimme gang green once again. All right. Uh, you know, Pat, that pick had everything except a green screen with the corresponding weather, you know, cycle going in and out of Buffalo for that pick. I was waiting for that. Do a forecast. We got the cold front coming in. Yeah, that cold front's going to be Mike White in the passing game because it's anything but red hot. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. The guy has thrown for 700 yards in the last two games. He's also thrown the ball 7,000 times. There's a little bit of a difference. Um, look, pick one for me. We're going to you know stick with the modern theme this season. Two picks, both on the money line. We're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York fraudulent Giants for pick number one. Um, especially seeing the news yesterday that Saquon Barkley might not even play in this game due to the little neck thing he's got going on. Um, Daniel Jones has zero prayer of winning this game. I, I, I've been saying it all season. I think he sucks. I don't think he's capable of winning a game like this. Um, Giants also played an extra 10 minutes last week in an absolute war against the uh, Commanders. Eagles flying high. Hurts struggled in the game at Giants Stadium, MetLife Stadium last year. I don't expect that to happen again. There's a totally different Eagles team. Um, pick number two, I'm going to go with the absolute red hot. Red hot when I don't bet them, ice cold when I do bet them. Hopefully it finally meets this week. The Cincinnati Bengals money line over the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know Joe Burrow doesn't have great numbers against Cleveland. I know Deshaun Watson has another, a second week to knock off the rust here in this game, but the game is in Cincinnati. Bengals are rolling. I got to be right sooner or later. So give me the Bengals as well. Bengals, Eagles, minus 110, pick number one this week. 
Mark, and I got to tell you something because I was listening to a podcast just about a week ago with uh, Bill Simmons and and Warren Sharp because Bill Simmons does his million dollar picks thing that he does every week, whatever. And Warren Sharp works for the Ringer. He obviously has his own uh, thing, Sharp Football Analysis. He's a guy that I listen to and I feel smarter after listening to him, definitely about gambling. And they were talking about it because Bill Simmons has really struggled in his million dollar picks up to this point. He wanted to talk to Warren Sharp. Get some some lead some leading uh, ideas of what's he doing wrong, what should he do less, what should he do more, yada yada, right? And Warren Sharp comes out like so strong, like you on Mike White last week, and goes, "Bill, you have to lay off the parlays this year. This is one of those years that's absolutely insane." So obviously, I thought of you, Mark, and he's going through it. He's like, "There's been so much variance this year. There's been so many big upsets. The underdogs have been, uh, you know, dominating to this point. Up until last week, underdogs were absolutely annihilating." especially when the spreads between three and 10, right? So he's going through this whole thing. And I'm like, wow, this is nuts. Like he's literally like, he should be talking to Mark right now, like with all these money line parlays. And then last week after he talked to bill, finally the favorites went off, right? Like the favorites crushed last week. There was no big upsets. All these money line um, ideations really came to fruition. Like the teasers and the money lines and the parlays and stuff of that nature really came to fruition. So there may be a changing of the guard a little bit here this season, which I find very interesting, right? Because no matter what happens throughout a season, at some point or another, things are going to change, right? We think that the public, they take too long to figure out what they're doing wrong to get onto the right side of things. That's why we try to be sharp when we do these things. But now, after underdogs have been the leader in the clubhouse by a long shot so far this season, again, especially on those games between three and 10 now last week, I believe the number was like 13 and one for favorites uh, just to win outright. Like it, it was ridiculous. So some of these things are changing a little bit and that makes me feel good about some of your picks. Now, Mark, moving forward, I was thinking of you when hearing these statistics. So that might lead well for you. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but I just heard that from Warren Sharp and, and I was thinking of you. So I wanted to share it. No, I mean, just, hey, just look at the historical trends of my picks over the past couple of weeks. They're trending uh, onwards and upwards. That's what I'm saying. That is exactly what I was thinking. Like, as as he's explaining it, I'm like, oh, wow, it makes sense why the, the beginning part of this year was so damn rocky for people who bet in that manner, where in pe- years past, that's not been the case, right? This has been unique. This is not something that happens every single year. So very, very interesting stuff there. But all right, let me go to my first pick. I'm going to go back to the well. This team did not get the job done for me last week as a four-point underdog. I look to them to get the job done for me this week as a three-point favorite. So my first pick is the Miami Dolphins minus three at the Los Angeles Chargers. Every time you bet against the Los Angeles Chargers, it's not just a bet on the team that you're going for. It's also a bet against the Los Angeles Chargers. This offense is infuriating to watch, talking about the Chargers, of course. I've been hearing... For two years, since Brandon Lombardi have taken Lombardi being the offensive coordinator, that they don't push the ball downfield enough, that they don't unleash uh, Justin Herbert enough. They they run an old school offense. They try to stay too true to the West Coast um, situation and with the West Coast. Um, why can't I think of the word? That's very simple. But mindset basically, they and they don't get different from that until it's too late. And when you see Herbert have these moments of success late in games where he's going off and throwing dimes left and right and making all the incredible plays that you see him make consistently, you go, why can't they do that all the time? It's because the offensive play calling will not adjust. It's infuriating. I heard a stat today. 
in the first, uh, on first down, Tua Tungavaiola leads the league in air yards per attempt at over nine yards per attempt. That's Tua, a guy who we looked at last year as dink and dunk, can't push the ball downfield, a guy who throws uh, behind the sticks or behind the line of scrimmage, and he's pushing down the ball down the field more than anybody in the entire NFL. You look at Justin Herbert, one of the most impressive quarterbacks in the entire league, can throw the best ball you can watch on a Sunday. And he's in la- almost in last place at just five air yards per attempt on first down. It doesn't make any sense. I know they have had no receivers this year. Allen, Mike Williams, and Guyton, who's been out for the entire year. But this offense will not adjust. I've been hearing it on podcasts for two years. Now, there's something to be said about a coach or a player who blocks out the hate and stays true to themselves. But when everybody's been saying it forever and you don't do anything to get better, you have to look in the mirror at some point. Unfortunately, if you're a Chargers fan or a Chargers better, they're not going to do it. So from a Chargers offensive perspective, I don't think they have what it takes to run away with this game by any means. And on defense, this is a bad matchup against the Dolphins offense. The Dolphins offense obviously built on speed, and this Chargers defense has two linebackers who do not do well in pass coverage in Kenneth Murray and Tranquil. They can't cover. They definitely can't cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Waddle was a little bit banged up earlier in the week, expected to play fully. I know the tackles were out last week against the 49ers. Guess what? That was the 49ers, and that game was still a lot closer than the final score says because of the late fumble. The 49ers have what it takes to take advantage of a banged-up O-line. The Chargers have one guy who can do so. I'm not worried at all of this Dolphins team getting slowed down on offense, and I never trust this Chargers offense to do anything special. The number at three is a little bit frustrating because that could easily end up being a push. However, I'm seeing the money come in on the Dolphins. Right now, only uh, 58% of the tickets on the Dolphins, but over 65% of the bets, I'm sorry, percent of the cash on the Dolphins. That backs my mindset. Sunday night will be my first pick of the game, Tua, and that offense gets back on track, puts up a 30-burger on the Chargers, and wins this one by more than a field goal. Dolphins minus three at the Chargers. All right, pick number two. Uh, let's let's do it. Let's talk about the most talked about game of the week here. I am going to Detroit, and Pete, you wonder what you want to know why this spread has shifted so much. Before I give my pick here, the Vikings you mentioned started out as what two and a half point favorites, and they are now two point underdogs on the road in Detroit. Well, I've got some stats for you here. In the last twenty years, teams with a seventy percent winning percentage or better, who are underdogs in December or later. In the regular season, they cover just 42% of the time, including 14 and 23 against the spread in the last six years. So you've got the historical numbers on your side saying that this is a, this is a correct swing in the Lions' favor. Also, Kirk Cousins in toss-up road games. This is uh, via our friends at Action Network. Spread of plus three to minus three. Since 2018, he is 3-9-1 and one against the spread. So he is second to last in all quarterbacks in that category. Then when you look at Jared Goff, we like, we love to call Kirk Cousins the new nightmare or the 1 p.m. hero. How about Jared Goff? He is 25 and 13 against the spread playing in the 1 p.m. window or earlier. The Lions have covered five straight. They have covered four straight against the Vikings. However, I am rolling with the Minnesota Vikings here. All the logic, all the trends, all the historical against the spread numbers 
would tell you that it is correct to back the Detroit Lions. And they have looked fantastic over the last five weeks. They should have beaten Buffalo. They should be on a five-game winning streak. They should be 6-6. Six and six. The offense has been rolling. The defense has actually showed life for the last month and a half now, something that they were – you know, they were a laughing stock in the first uh, two months of the season. And the last time the Vikings, you know, got into a toss up game going into it, uh, they got destroyed by Dallas. Although I think New England was a toss up as well at home and they won that by a touchdown. But, you know, the last time you're like, ooh, I don't know how to make what to make of this spread when it was basically a pick 'em. They got destroyed by Dallas. All logic would tell you, yeah, the Lions are a good bet. I don't give a fuck. I'm going with the Vikings here. They're the better team, uh, they're fully healthy. Um, at least I think so. You know, the, the big question marks here going into this game, left tackle Christian Darasaw, he is expected to suit up. He cleared concussion protocol. He put in a full practice on Friday. I'm expecting him to play. The center, Garrett Bradbury, is also questionable. Even if they, if they get one of those two guys, if they have four out of the five starting offensive linemen, I'm good with it. Um, on defense, they're, they're really only going to be missing Jonathan Bullard, the defensive end. Cam Dantzler, he is coming off of IR. There is a very good shot. He also plays, so you get a huge boost in the secondary, a secondary that has been terrible this year outside of the red zone. Um, and then you look at Detroit, and uh, you look at their defense. Both of their corners, Jeff Okuda and Will Harris, both questionable. Um, you know, I'm not going to go out and say that either of them are, are both, you know, both going to miss the game. But, uh, but still, the Lions secondary is still very vulnerable here. Even though they've played a little bit better over the last month, I still think the defense is a joke. I still think that this Vikings offense has all the weapons to take care of them. Um, so, you know what? And, and another one, this is uh, for you here, Pete. 51% of the bets are on the Vikings. Do you, do you have an idea, Pete? I think you do, about how much money is on the Lions, right? The last yes, I saw it was 90% is on the Detroit Lions. So not only are they is the public split – but all the sharp money in the world that you could ask for is coming down on the Lions. I am fading the Sharps here this week. I am putting up a big middle finger. I am trusting Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to keep it rolling. Uh, give me the Vikings plus two. There's really nothing else you, you could say about this one here. I just think they're the better football team. I think the Lions have played well lately, but they're still not that good of a team. And I think they come crashing back down to earth here on Sunday. And now, Pat, I'm not sure exactly which website you're looking at. Um, but I'm I'm seeing I'm actually seeing a little bit different numbers than you uh, on on that front. But I 100% agree with you anyway. What what site do you use for that? By the way, just out of curiosity. Action Network. Oh, you're on Action Network. Very nice. Yeah, Action Network is great. So I I, yeah. I agree with you completely. Our friends, and I'm our friends at Action Network. Our friends. We have a couple friends over there, maybe right. Some people we've talked well, to. I don't know. Like I said, you can't trust the guy in orange. So I don't know how many friends you <laughs> got over there, but <laughs> that's true. I always I always forget that about people in orange shirts. Um, anyways, I do agree with you though, Pat, and I'm always curious about this. Is this one of those things that like for people like you and I, who are just so ingrained in sports media, who hear like just way too many takes throughout the week, is it, do we ever get, is this like one of those situations where we can have a totally convoluted outlook, right? Like where the public is still disconnected from us, but we're not sharps quite either. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like we're almost in between because we hear all the crap on Twitter we hear too many hours of talk shows and podcasts because that's just what we do with our lives and how cool we are uh, spending our time listening to podcasts and working at a radio station. So uh, I always get concerned because I feel the same way. I'm like, I heard way too many people on a podcast this week 
say, oh, the Lions, man, you got to take them. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's going to crush them. He's going to make every third down. Like, the Lions are better. This one makes sense. Like, I'm not actually shocked by this at all. And after hearing that from, like, seven different people, I'm like, how could I follow that? How can I take the Lions after hearing all these people say the same thing about them and, like, they're trying to be sharp here, right? Does that does that make sense, Pat or Mark? Like, I don't know if I'm overthinking it and now I'm, like, tricking myself into tricking myself, but I just get confused by this type of stuff. Honestly, Pete, I just like his pick because the Vikings have been winning games like this all season long, and it's like they're trying to get you to, like, sway you not to take them. But, like, oh, yeah, that's so fishy. You got to take the longer lines with the obvious pick. And then the Vikings just continue to win. I liken this to something that me and Pat <clears throat> follow in, in tennis when there's a guy who wins, like, seven, eight matches in a row. You think there's fatigue. They bring the line all the way down pretty much to, like, even on a match after match, and he just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning. Um, I, I like his pick, to be honest with you. Do I have it yeah. in, in mind? <clears throat> no, because he's missing one other team to pair it with. I'm allergic <laughs> to picking just one team. Um, so anyway, that, that leads me to pick number two. And <clears throat> once again, here we go. Tennessee Titans money line off a two-game losing streak, I believe. Losing games at home to the Cincinnati Bengals and then getting spanked on the road in Philadelphia. But luckily for them this week, they play the crashing and burning Jacksonville Jaguars at home. <clears throat> Big division game. Trevor Lawrence is banged up. Derrick Henry owns Jacksonville. More than enough reasons for me to say there's no way the Titans are dropping another game here. This is a get right game for them. Um, I think the minus, you know, minus, I think it's minus four. I did, I even think that's like uh a disgrace. Their offense can sometimes be like, eh, but I definitely at minus 200 on the money lines. Great to parlay with somebody. Um, we're going to do that with the Kansas City Chiefs fresh off a loss last week as well. Um, Denver, Russell Wilson, Russ doesn't cook. For he ain't cooking the Chiefs on top of it. Um, Kelsey's due for a big game after last week's goose egg. Not, not in general terms. He did have like four or five catches, but that fumble killed him. He only had like 50 yards. Chiefs will come back and dominate this week. Broncos are a mess. So Titans money line, Chiefs money line at minus 115. That's probably my best, most confident pick this week. Pete, and, and real quick, just to jump in, because there was one other stat I missed on the Vikings and the Lions, and I and I and you have one of these this game in one of your picks, I'm guessing. Um, so I know you're going to hit on it. But, you know, you mentioned that the third downs with Amon Ross St. Brown, everybody thinks that the Lions are going to – they're not going to be able to get the Vikings. The Vikings won't be able to get off the field. The Lions are second worst in the NFL. They give up 49% conversions on third downs. Uh, offensively, these two teams are like, you know, I think like ninth and 12th respectively offensively. But the Lions defense is abysmal on third downs. The Vikings defense only gives up 38% on third downs. Um, that would be good for 13th, which again is middle of the pack. But the fact that the Lions defense is so bad on third downs, when you have an offense with weapons of Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and then, of course, the receivers Jefferson, Thielen, and Hawkinson. Um, to me, that's going to be a big difference in this one, on top of how good the, the Vikings defense has been in the red zone. So there's a little bit more breakdown for you on that last pick. Yeah, it's, I love it. I think I think it's great. It's so interesting. I'm actually surprised, Pat, that you didn't go, you know, Vikings plus eight and over whatever the number would be on that tease. I'm surprised. Trying to, you sim trying to simplify. Been trying to simplify here the last couple of weeks. So I think that uh, – as much as you would think there's going to be a ton of points in this game, um, mm. 
I'm just I'm confident that the Vikings, you know, either lose by two or less or win the game. Or take care of business. Yeah, you were one and one on the same game teaser last week. So, you know, mixed bag of results. All right, I'm going to my second pick. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks been a good team to kind of fade a little bit recently. And if you think about the strengths of these two teams, they really do work kind of in tandem here. Uh, the Seahawks are not good at defending the run. What do the Panthers want to do on offense? They want to have uh, Donta Foreman run about, you know, between 16 and 24 times for over 100 yards. Well, guess what? The Seahawks give up nearly five yards per carry. They're fifth worst in the league at 4.9 yards per carry. I think that bodes well for this Panthers offense. Sam Darnold, obviously, against the Broncos team, that is pretty good. Put up some, uh, or pretty good defensively, I should caveat. Looked pretty good. You know, Sam Darnold did not look bad before the bye. He was moving the ball, taking care of business. They didn't put a ton of points on the board, but DJ Moore got incredibly active in that game. I think from a defensive standpoint, it's obvious that the Panthers are a much better team than the Seattle Seahawks. They're, they're, they're one of the better defenses that doesn't get any credit in the entire league, in my opinion. The Seahawks are ninth worst, or sorry, yeah, they're ninth worst in uh, in yards given up per play. Carolina Panthers are, are somewhere towards the middle there, in the middle of the pack, but that doesn't fully give you the full scope of, of what they are. They're actually in the upper third, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're in the upper third here. So I think the Panthers' defense is a lot better than the Seahawks' defense, and from an offensive perspective, Geno Smith has not done well against pressure, the Panthers do have a defensive line and a scheme that can put some pressure on them and, and make Geno's life a little bit more difficult. The Seahawks have truly come down to earth. I think this one will be a close game. You know, when you're taking a team plus three and a half, you're probably going to want to consider, you know, touching up the money line as well. And I will do so, but I love this game at three and a half here. I don't think the Seahawks have what it takes to blow anyone out. And the fact that the Rams in the Seahawks' most recent game last week were able to move the ball the way they did with Wolford and Cam Akers looking good after being injured for an entire year, coming back, looking bad, getting injured again, then coming back he looked pretty good. Like I'm, I'm not going to trust this Seahawks defense right now. They can't really stop anybody. And this offense, yes, they put up a decent bit of points against some meh defenses, but this Panthers defense is much better than meh. So I love the Panthers here plus three and a half at Seattle. That's my second pick. All right. Third pick for me, um, you know, I was toying around here with trying to get this uh, down to even because together it's it's actually plus money. Um, and, you know, which is fine, but you know, obviously most picks made are, are even or close to that. So, uh, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to roll with it anyway here. And uh, if this hits, then, you know, you've got an extra couple of dollars in your pocket um, after the week. So pick number three for me, money line parlay. Titans and the Bengals, and that is plus 120 odds uh, for my third pick. Titans money line, Bengals money line. I think they both win the game. Uh, to me, the lust, uh, the, the, the shine has worn off the Jaguars. Once again, everybody got all hopped up after, you know, they alternated wins and losses against the Raiders, and then they, they win that game at the death against the Ravens, uh, which, you know, by the way, outside of the Raiders, the, Raven, the Ravens and the Raiders are both competing with each other to see who can blow more double-digit leads this year. Um, and then they get destroyed by Detroit last week. So back on the road against the Titans team that has lost two in a row to two of the best teams in football on the Bengals and the Eagles. Uh, this defense has has been fantastic all year. Um, I trust Vrabel to have this team prepared for this game. 
you know, I think that is obviously we talk about a lot with coaches, like do they have their team prepared on a week to week basis? Cause you see some teams that they just look flat out unprepared and they look like they have, you know, it's like, how were you not, you know, how did you not expect that this was going to be the game plan from the other team on offense or defense uh, with the Titans? I don't think that's going to happen this week. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up, right? He got spun around, got his leg all twisted up with that, with that leg. And apparently the toe has been the injury. Um, he's questionable. I'm, I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to play, but again, he has been a turnover machine and against the Titans defense that is so good at stopping the run and has been good in the red zone this year. I think that's going to spell a lot of trouble for the Jaguars. I think that the Titans get back on track here, even though they've got a lot of guys uh, questionable on the defensive side, Danico Autry's out the inside linebacker, David Long is out the cornerback Christian Fulton is out. Um, so that's why I'm not taking them with the spread but I still think offensively they'll be able to run the ball with Henry Tannehill will take care. He will, he will not make mistakes this, this Sunday. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is always good for an interception or two. So Titans money line. And then look for the same reasons uh, Mark is on the Bengals. I am going to fade Deshaun Watson until I see otherwise um, from an emotional vendetta standpoint, one and two, just because the guy hasn't played football in two years, he looked absolutely terrible last week. And yet still the Browns win by 13 points. That tells you where the state of the Houston Texans are and why the Cowboys are a 17-point favorite on Sunday. Bengals have won four in a row, uh, two back-to-back impressive wins. I'm not worried about a letdown spot here coming off an emotional win against the Chiefs because they got their asses kicked by Cleveland on Halloween night when they went there. That's their last loss. So you get you get fueled up for that game. You get motivated for that game here. Um, and I think the Bengals are going to take care of business. Uh, again, I'm going to fade to Sean Watson until I see that he's ready to actually play football. And the fact that Jamar Chase is back to 100% had a nice game last week. Joe Mixon's 100%. He'll be playing. The defense is essentially fully healthy, you know, outside of losing Shadobi Awuzie a couple of weeks ago. So I think this is a really good spot for the Bengals. And uh, again, you get plus money with this. Bengals and Titans plus 120. All right. Pick three. <clears throat> tried to make this as simple as possible, but that didn't end up working out in the end, Pete. Um, let's just start, start oh here. Oh, my with God. I'm San so Francisco. nervous right now, Mark. I'm so nervous right now. Sorry, let's, just, sorry. let's just start here with the San Francisco 49ers plus seven and a half for, for leg one of this massive, massive parlay. Um, look, I don't know how to feel about Brock Purdy, a quarterback. I think it's just going to be a lot of quick, short passes, and he actually looked surprisingly competent last week coming in relief of Jimmy G. Um, to me, this is more of an indictment on Tampa Bay and their offense. I don't think even if the Bucs do win, it will be by more than seven and a half points. Um, so I feel pretty comfortable taking San Fran plus seven and a half for like one of this. And then we're going to get into the uh, the nitty gritty here of these <laughs> the next parts of this parlay. Looking at the Lions and Vikings game, I like the Lions to go over 16 and a half points in what I think is going to be a more high scoring affair. However, I also think the Vikings go under 33 and a half points this game at the exact same time. Um, I think this game's more so in the 20s. I think the Lions go over 16 and a half easily. I think the Vikings may come closer. You may have to sweat them going over 33 and a half, but in the end, I think they fall a couple points short, maybe even a touchdown short here. Um, and then last pick, the one that I think to uh, to wrap up this parlay, Pittsburgh and Baltimore under 50 and a half points combined in this one. Um, Kenny Pickett against Ty Huntley. This is going to be a classic Baltimore-Pittsburgh struggle. Uh, 50 and a half points is at more than enough margin in this game. There's no way they go over that. Um, you know, I know it's a lot to ask for just from like 
pick wise, but honestly, this should hit pretty easily. Minus one ten for pick number three. This is this is batshit crazy, Mark. Well, wait, so- we we spoke about this a lot last week. I know we did, <laughs> and both both picks both picks like this did win. So it did. It did. I went. We went through your three plus leg parlays last week and up to last week you were zero and five back to the warren sharp variance thing in this season about how weird this season is and if you're watching on youtube you're welcome i actually pulled this pick up step by step as mark went through it so you can follow along if you're because if you're in your car and you're trying to keep track of of that pick you're not getting it in uh, until sunday morning when we when we post the graphic so you got 49ers plus seven and a half lions over 16 and a half points vikings under 33 and a half points and Pittsburgh, Baltimore, under 50 and a half. Not as crazy as it is, actually, when you when you read it out. There's just a lot of team names in there. But, yeah, I mean, listen, this feels pretty good. This feels pretty good here, you know? Like, I, I don't have really anything to say about it. You know, you got the 49ers at plus seven and a half. That's incredible. Lions been putting up buckets this year. Vikings going over 33 and a half. Feels pretty far-fetched. Under. I'm sorry, yeah, under 33 and a half. You know, that that would be the one leg that I would point at and say this game could be like 40 to 36. It could be, you know, but that but other than that, you know, I, I got got to feel pretty good about it. This is just it's just crazy that you even figure out these legs together to get to minus 110. Such a good level of odds. Blows my mind. You oh, there's no way that came from this week, Pete. Don't you worry. <laughs> there's another one coming your way. Very nice. I look forward to to every pick you have the rest of the way. But all right, let me move on to my third pick, and this will be my first teaser of week third, uh, week fourteen. Sorry, week fourteen for me. And Pat, I'm going to join you on the side of the Vikings, but I'm going to get them in a teaser here. I'm going to tease the Vikings from plus two to plus eight, and I'm going to tease the Ravens from plus two to plus eight. So two slight dogs with better records. One of which is an underdog for a good reason. Their quarterback is out. The other is an underdog because they think the five-win team's better than the 10-win team. Go figure, right? So that's where we're at. But I'm going to go Vikings plus eight, Ravens plus eight, standard teaser, minus 120 on the odds there. And to all the things that you talked about before, Pat, I think this has gone out of hand. This has gone too far with the love for the Lions. I know that they've been playing a lot better. I know that they're getting the job done on offense basically the entire year, even when they were losing games. So I know all these things are true, but we can't sit here and pretend like the Vikings are winning solely off luck. I mean, the Vikings have played some really good teams over this season. Like they, I heard a stat that they've played a top top 10 defense in the the last five weeks in a row. They've played the jets, the uh, Patriots, the Cowboys, the bills and the commanders. Those are all very good defenses. Right, like even the Patriots, who are, are the least impressive of the bunch, there are a very good defense, and the Vikings put up over thirty points. They put up over thirty points on the Bills, and yes, that was a ridiculous game. But even if they lost that game, they competed very well with the Bills. The Commanders are a very good defense. The Cowboys obviously demolished the Vikings. The Lions are one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, they got a few good pieces here and there. They're not a very good defense. They're probably closer to middle of the pack than worst defenses in the league. But to say that they should be favorite doesn't make me feel uh, that confident. I could have went Vikings plus two, but I'm going to go Vikings plus eight because I think this game, even if it's high scoring, will be close. I think the Vikings offense will easily be able to hang with the Lions offense because, yeah, you can argue the Lions offense is better. 
You can argue their red zone efficiency this year has been one of the more impressive stats and unexpected stats in the NFL. Shout out to Jamal Williams getting touchdown after touchdown. But for to get the Vikings at plus eight makes me feel really, really good about that. So I'm going Vikings plus eight. I'm not going to touch the regular spread. If I were to touch the regular spread, I'd lead Vikings with you, Pat, but I'm going plus eight there. I love it. On the Ravens Steelers front, Tyler Huntley obviously playing quarterback, not Lamar Jackson. We might see some of the struggles without Lamar. I mean, granted, there's been struggles with Lamar to consistently move the ball and consistently put points on the board. But Huntley's a good quarterback. Oh, maybe he's a, a slightly above average quarterback, especially from the backup perspective. Now, I've been riding the Steelers lately. I think I've bet them three out of the last four weeks with some good success. And I've enjoyed watching that team grind it out and see Kenny Pickett improve. I think they have a very good chance to win this game, but they are not built to blow people away. Ravens defense is not terrible. It's very solid. Steelers defense, very good. But both of the, these offenses are not great. That's why the under is currently at 36 and a half, which makes me feel even better about getting the Ravens plus eight. Huntley last year, people were talking about him being uh, better than expected. Oh, is he just as good as Lamar? Could he be the starter of this team? Obviously, that was all put to rest pretty quickly as he went one and three straight up. However, Huntley kept games close. He kept the Ravens in it. He was three and one against the spread. Right now, he doesn't even have to cover the normal spread for me. Just has to cover plus eight. This will be a close game. This will be a bloodbath. I love games like this. I wish the Ravens had one or two more skill players that are exciting. You know, outside of now Deshaun Jackson being their best down the field target. A little bit crazy to say those words out loud in 2022, but here we are. I think they keep it close. I love this game. I love this matchup. I can't wait to watch it at one o'clock on Sunday, even though it's going to be ugly, but that's what you expect from Raven Steelers. And that's why you expect plus eight for the Ravens to hit. So Vikings plus eight Ravens plus eight. That's my third pick. All right. Fourth pick for me. And this is another one that I was toying with. Of, do I want to go to the well for the same game teaser? Do I want to get the bucks up to a touchdown dog and move that over under up a little bit? And I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it here. The pick would have been bucks plus seven and a half and under 43 and a half. But to me, I don't know why I could see there being a decent amount of offense in this game. And the thing I'm most confident over anything is that the Buccaneers are going to keep this within a field goal. And I think they're going to win the game outright. So give me the bucks plus three and a half here against the Niners. Uh, I said last week when I teased the bucks money line and under 50 and a half against the saints, Pete, what did I say? I said, I want to be hurt again because we were all on the bucks against the Browns the week before that. And they blow a game that they shouldn't have blown. They lose. And this, the spiral continued. And for the most part on Monday night, they were dead against new Orleans. And I said it, um, I'm not letting the, uh, those last three minutes of that game cloud my judgment. Tampa Bay's offense still has a ton of problems. That being said, I don't think they go an entire season with Brady, Mike Evans, Godwin, Julio Jones, and Lenny Fournette, who is questionable, but I think he's expected to play. I don't see how they go an entire season without having some good offensive performances. So sooner or later, something's going to click. Was it those final three minutes now? Again, I'm not getting swayed by that, but I just think overall, it's only a matter of time before Tampa Bay's offense shows up. That being said, the Niners... They've got the best defense in the NFL. Pete, you went against them last week. I, I took the Niners. I said they've been the – you said they're the darlings right now of the NFL. Everybody bets them every week. They get the, the best spreads. 
Um, they continue to win, and the defense continues to perform at a historic rate. Um, this is the week now that I'm fading them, and it's not so much the, the Niners' defense. I mean, they, you know, Nick Bosa might be the only one that doesn't play. That would obviously be a huge boost for the Tampa Bay offensive line, a, a Bucks offensive line that's going to be probably missing Tristan Wirfs again. So that would be a nightmare matchup. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and believe that Nick Bosa is either not going to play or he's going to be very limited here, and they're not going to risk injuring him when the playoffs are only a couple weeks away. To me, it's Brock Purdy. Tom Brady is 6-0 and against quarterbacks making their first start. And last week, Purdy goes in and plays very well against Miami. Sometimes when you simplify things and you get thrown in at the last second in a foxhole, you know, we've seen quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks or, you know, backup quarterbacks perform well in those spots. Now that he's making his first start and he knows he's starting and there's the pressure of not making mistakes and just, okay, let me, you know, the plan obviously is for Purdy to limit is be Jimmy Garoppolo times 10. Limit the mistakes. Don't throw picks. That's not always easy as said and done here. Uh, the Bucks defense is still very, very good at stopping the run. Um, so if they can take care of Christian McCaffrey, I mean, obviously we know Elijah Mitchell, it, it's going to be a ton of carries for McCaffrey this week, you would think. Maybe they get Debo back in the run, run game as well. Either way, I think the Buccaneers defense stands up to the test here. They've performed very well as of late. Um, and I'm just, I'm betting Tom Brady and I'm betting against Brock Purdy here, a seventh round rookie QB that nobody would have given him a chance to win this game before the season started. Um, and again, I just think uh, I'm selling high now on the Niners a week later than you did, Pete. And I'm buying low again on the Bucks here. Bucks plus three and a half. And I think they win the game out right on the road. And I think this gets their season officially back on track. Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. So much talk about Purdy, too. I don't want to hear that he's Mr. Irrelevant after this week, by the way. Is that fair? Yeah. I feel like it's a it's a fun thing. It's like a fun thing that the NFL draft does. Oh, the last person picked is Mr. Irrelevant. Okay. Now we have a Mr. Irrelevant who's a starting quarterback for a Super Bowl contender. I think one more week is good. One more week, and then let's not call Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant anymore. I, I, I don't even like it. Only it only part of it bothers me that it's rude. Like it's rude. Right. This dude was like a four year starter at a power five school. Like what? All right. It's not like he was, you know, Kurt Warner. We're going to hear about him bagging groceries until the end of time. Brock Purdy was a good college quarterback. Yes, he was the last pick of the draft. You hear less about someone being undrafted. Okay, can we stop calling him Mr. Irrelevant? I'll give you one more week, media, one more week. But after this week, if you still call him that every other time you mention him that he comes out for a drive. I'm sick of it. It's just, it's just like, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. That's why I want to know. There you go, Pete. I don't want to hear Mr. Irrelevant and I don't want to hear the word pretty good anymore. Oh, it's just like, come on. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Okay. It's the same concept. We got it. We got it. Last pick of the draft. Cool. I hate to break it to you guys. As long as they keep winning, you're going to keep getting it shoved further and further down your throats. But anyway, I'll digress. And I'll go to my next pick, which is just as much of a mouthful as the previous one. Um, I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Houston Texans. I believe the line is currently set at minus 17. Um, we need the Cowboys minus five and a half in, in this one. Um, there should be no gimmicks or surprises in this one. The Texans, without both of their top two receivers in this one, with Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks both probably sitting for this game. Um, Dallas at full strength. They even get James Washington activated off IR for this one. So the offense gets another weapon. Cowboys big time. We only need them by minus five and a half for pick number one. 
Uh, pick two, we're going to tease the Seahawks up to plus seven and a half in this one at home against the Panthers. Look, I know Sam Darnold looked great, but that was against the pathetic Denver Broncos. And now they travel on the road to the Seahawks, who escaped last week against the Rams with a late drive to win 27-23. But at their current talent level, plus seven and a half should be more than enough to get the job done for pick two, even if they do somehow figure out a way to lose this game. Um, and then the last pick, it's going to be pretty much a three-legger, but all in all in one game. We're going to go with the Buffalo Bills money line against the New York Jets. Josh Allen to just throw one touchdown in this game and the Buffalo Bills to score over 16 and a half points, which at home in Buffalo should be zero issue in this game. I think the Jets are going to get their asses handed to them after that win from a couple weeks ago. Um, the defense, while missing Von Miller for this one, will have both the duo of Milano and Edmonds in the middle. They only had one of them for the previous game, and they get Tredavious White back against the Jets this time in this matchup. He didn't play the first time around. Um, so just to recap again, Cowboys minus five and a half, Seahawks plus seven and a half, Bills to win, Allen to throw one touchdown, at least one touchdown, not one exact touchdown, at least one touchdown, and the Bills to go over 16 and a half points in this one. Minus 110. You couldn't find one pick more nope. simple than that. That would have worked. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not with the not with the confidence that I have. And if you go back, if we can pull up the graphic from last week, I'd love to see how easy those picks hit, by the way, from a week ago. I would love to see how easy they hit. So which one should we analyze first, Pete? Um... Eagles crushed, Cowboys crushed. Was the Chiefs Bengals? The Chiefs Bengals was twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, so I really, really yeah. sweated that one out. Um, yeah, I mean, all right, listen, don't be talking with that much swag over there, Mister Two and Five on three plus leg parlays. But now, listen, I agree. Hey, Again, hey, look at I just agree. the last two. It's two and up. That's true. <laughs> Trending up one hundred percent. Now, listen. Again, as you put out this pick. All of these legs are wonderful. All of these legs are wonderful. 100%. Sound great. That's why you hit, you took five legs to get to minus 110 odds. I get it. It's just tough. It's just see, difficult. I don't view you have it though, as five things. I don't really view it as the typical try and hit five separate games, P, as if it was a five like five team money line parlay because <clears throat> a lot of these things go hand in hand. In a way, like Buffalo, like Allen throwing a touchdown pass directly correlates to Buffalo's ability to win and them scoring over 16 and a half with their offense. And I, I look, the Jets defense is good, but on the road, back to back, second, second tough week against a solid team on the road. I think there's going to be some, you know, some fatigue and what it is. Um and the Bills' offense the first time around, I think they hung 17 at the Jets. They had 17 early on, and then the offense just, you know, disappeared the uh, the rest of the way and now that you're taking into the fact that you've got turnover prone mike white playing quarterback this week for the new york jets that's even more of a reason to go with the buffalo bills over 16 and a half points here how on earth is he turnover prone two last week he's got three more coming this week yeah he has he has last week a tipped pass and then the final play of the game he has to throw it into the end zone he he has thrown a number of picks this year pat in mark's defense but uh yeah i mean again mark i can't i can't argue any of your legs i can't i can't really argue against I think it that's why something that blows this up to you, just real Brooke, sorry if i'm if i'm cutting you off i think that if there is something that blows this blows this up it's the 
all the sudden resurrection of Sam Darnold's career and them getting stupid hot down the stretch in Carolina. With me betting plus three and a half on the Panthers, I would agree. I think that is the sketchiest leg, but you do get a touchdown cushion and that feels good. I did have a little problem with you going at the Broncos the way you did. The Broncos defense is really good. You know, their team is pathetic as a whole. Their offense is more than pathetic, but their defense is very good. So I don't think it's a small task to ask Sam Darnold to go in there and, and play well against the Broncos defense. So that that was the only thing that I disagreed with. I agree. The Seahawks is probably the sketchiest part here. But lastly, on this pick, it's like, you know, we do these picks to win, right? Like that's probably number one. We do these picks because we want to win our picks. We want to give, but what goes hand in hand is that we want to give the people who listen and follow along on social media some good ideas for picks. And I just hope that there's one person out there, just one person, I'm not asking for many, who sees your five-leg parlay and is like, yes, that's the one for me. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Hold on. Give me 10 minutes to find all of these legs and all these props. <laughs> I'm putting this thing in, and when I win, I'm texting Mark Shenlugan. <laughs> Look, I, I feel great about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel great about both of them. Otherwise, yeah. it, it shows you. I feel that great about them that I don't go with, like, as Pat was saying, you couldn't find something, you know, simpler or whatnot. I, with teams that I trust, no, not, not really. Um, uh, that's good. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm not even hating anymore. I love it. I'm not hating from outside of the club. I'm not hating from outside of the club. All right, my fourth pick, Jaguars plus three and a half at the Titans. Pat. You were talking about the Titans, some of their injuries, man, and didn't really bother you away from taking the Titans money line. It, it, I kind of lean towards the Jaguars anyway this week. And then hearing all those injuries does not make me feel better about the Titans and their, their chances here. We all know Mike Vrabel as an underdog has been an absolute savage at covering the spread and winning some of those games. He is not as successful as a favorite. And dude, those injuries are a lot on the Titans. You know, David Long's been, awesome this year uh i heard some some podcasting talking about how impressive he's been at linebacker position for the titans this year and then also Traylon burks being out man that offense was absolutely stymied after he went out against the eagles last week it was basically their only positive play on offense but the thing i want to keep going back to and i talked about it a couple weeks ago with pat and cody on a tuesday or wednesday podcast this offense for the titans that we all think we all assume is so good at running the ball. It's not. It's a bottom third team at running the ball. Derrick Henry has not been good this year. He gets more opportunities than almost anybody in the league, which is why some of his counting stats are still pretty good. He's not that good this year. He wasn't that good last year either. He just gets a way more opportunities than almost every single other running back in the entire league. His yards per attempt is not impressive. Right now, the Titans are 22nd in the NFL at rushing yards per attempt. It's not that good. You think of it as their strength, but it's the brand. I'm telling you guys. I'm trying to tell everybody out there. It's the brand that we all think of with the Tennessee Titans. They're good at stopping the run. Their defense has been awesome this year. They're not good at running the ball. They just do it more than everyone else. And thankfully for the Jacksonville Jaguars, on top of the Titans not being good at running the ball, yet doing it more than everyone else, the Jaguars also have a really good run defense. They're seventh in the NFL, actually tied for fifth in the NFL in with just 4.1 yards allowed per attempt on the ground. They're tied with the Jets. They're tied with the Steelers. They're, they're, they're right behind the Titans. Those are all the best defenses in the league, right? Those are some of the best defenses that we look at in the entire NFL. The Jaguars are right there. 
I don't think the Titans are going to be able to run the ball against the Jaguars, and they're not going to be able to pass the ball very well with Traylon Burks being out. Now, I considered starting Ryan Tannehill in fantasy this week because I have a Lamar Jackson team that I need to find a quarterback. And looking more into this and looking more into the stats when trying to set up this gambling, it's 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 steering me away from possibly playing Tannehill at quarterback at fantasy this week because the Jaguars have a talented defense. They've been very good. They were an early season darling uh, that kind of fell flat on their face, but they're not dead yet. They came back with some pretty impressive, uh, uh, w- a pretty impressive win against the Ravens two weeks ago. They have some talent. Yes, there's some question marks about Trevor Lawrence's health right now, but this is it, right? This is where the Jaguars put everything on the field, the kitchen sink game, if you will. And if they win, there's a path for them to make it back into playoff contention because they have two games, including this one, against the Titans left on their schedule. And if they beat the Titans now, they beat the Titans later, take care of business. It's not out of the realm of opportunity for them to win that division. It's not. So I'm saying right now you get the Jaguars at plus three and a half. It's actually a good matchup for them, from my estimation. I think Trevor Lawrence will have to throw the ball because the Titans are, are so good at stopping the run. Let's see if ETN can get involved in the passing game. That's going to be huge for them. Um, if Zay Jones plays, that'll be very important for them as well. He's been practicing most of the week, yet still questionable. I think the Jaguars are the right play here. And I always love when I go into um, the end of the week after doing my research and and thinking about these teams, listening to podcasts about all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check the money. I hope the money aligns with what I hope because otherwise I'm probably not going to bet it. And what did I see on pregame.com when I signed in today? Titans, 79% of the tickets on the Tennessee Titans. That's a lot. Almost 80% of the bets on the Titans, yet only 44% of the cash is on the Titans. That means that 20% of the tickets are on the Jaguars, yet 56% of the cash is on the Jaguars. This line opened at four. It's still at three and a half. You get the field goal hook. Titans are not built to blow people out. At minimum, this is a close game, but I'm taking Jaguars plus three and a half. I'm sprinkling the money line, and that's my fourth pick. Might be my most confident pick of the week. Uh, You're big time on the Jags this week, huh? And I've been burned before. I have. I remember early in the year watching them, being excited. They're flying around, Lawrence looking better, and them falling on their face. Now, this is just a week, though, where they've been slowly getting back to some some top-level performances, and the injuries for the Titans makes me feel really good about this. Even Jeffrey Simmons who's one of the best players in the NFL, and he deserves that line. It, uh, missed a practice or two this week and is not playing at 100-100%. Right? So I think everything leads me to believe the Jaguars are the right pick here, and the three and a half makes me feel better. And what makes me feel best is that the public is still hammering the Titans blindly because of Mike Vrabel, because of Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry is not helping them win right now. Okay. All right. I think... Uh... Yeah, uh, let's, I'm just going to move on here to my fifth pick because we've both laid out our reasons. We'll let the audience decide who they want to back. Uh, my fifth pick, I'm going with a, a little Super Bowl 49 parlay here. Give me the Seahawks money line, and I'm going to parlay that with the Patriots. I'm going to get them all the way up to plus 7.5. That's minus 111 odds, essentially dead even, um, You know when you consider the minus 110 VIG that most spreads have. So Seahawks money line, Patriots plus 7.5. Let's break down the the Seahawks and the Panthers here. Uh, look, Sam Darnold looked pretty good last week against Denver, which is you know right up there with the Niners as the best defense in the NFL. 
Um, I don't think that he is going to have the same success against Seattle. But, you know, Seahawks defense hasn't been world beaters this year. They give up 400 yards of offense, uh, 400 yards per game. Uh, most of that comes on the ground. Panthers running game, you know, like you mentioned, Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, can they get them going? Um, can Darnold get, you know, hook up with DJ Moore and, and LaVisca Chenault this week? Uh, I just, I think, you know, after the big wins Carolina has had this year, they generally have come crashing back down to earth pretty quickly, no matter who's been at quarterback, right? They beat the Saints in week three. They go out and they lose to Arizona by 10 the next week. And I think they were favored in that game. And I remember hearing a podcast saying, this is the only time you're going to be able to get bet against Matt Rule when he's a favorite. And of course, they end up losing by 10. Matt Rule loses his job shortly after. They crush the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. They go out and they blow that game and lose to Atlanta next week in overtime. They then beat Atlanta 25-15 on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks back, and then they go out and they lose 13-3 to Baltimore uh, the week after. So now they've beaten Denver. I don't think they're going to be able to follow that up and win two games in a row. I know Seattle, the shine has kind of come off them here now all of a sudden the last couple of weeks. I don't, I'm not sure why. They lost to Tampa Bay in Germany. They lost to the Raiders in overtime, which, you know, okay, they gave up way more points than they should have. Um, but And then they kind of struggled against Bryce Perkins and the Rams. Um, you know, I still think Seattle has a huge home field advantage here on Sunday. Even if Kenneth Walker does not play, DK Metcalf is on track to play. They're going to have all their weapons, even if Walker doesn't. Um, and I know he's been very, very good this year. I think that Travis Homer will be able to step in and at least be a good compliment. Um, and the defense has, has, you know, like I said, they've been terrible. They've been okay in the red zone. I just, this is more so a fade against the Panthers. I think coming off a win against Denver, I still think they stink. I still think Darnold stinks. Uh, so give me the Seahawks to uh, win two in a row. And then the Patriots all the way up to plus seven and a half. I think they win the game, but you know, who knows these two teams, they've been very, very dodgy this year. You know, you know, you're really not sure what to, what to expect from the Patriots on a week to week basis and the Cardinals. There is one thing you can expect is that Bill Belichick against bad teams, they usually get the job done. Uh, so even if the Cardinals win this game at home, which by the way, they are one and nine in their last 10 at home, they're not winning by more than a touchdown. Um, all the weapons that Arizona has, Kyler Murray, D-Hop, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Connor running the ball, they still have not been able to move the ball effectively this year. The offense has just not been that good. And, you know, you chalk it up to Cliff Kingsbury being a terrible head coach. You chalk it up to Kyler Murray not being that great of a quarterback. Um, so, you know, again, Bill Belichick, Monday Night Football, Patriots need to win to keep themselves in playoff contention. I think they do but I don't see any way they lose this game by more than a tutty. So Seahawks money line Patriots plus seven and a half. <laughs> All right. Pick five. Just jump, just Justin Jefferson's yards for this one. That's it. No, no seven legger, nine legger, <clears throat> 13 game teaser. Although speaking of 13 games, Pete, that Miami Dolphins game not only blew up my four in one week last week on the pod, but also blew up a 13 games plus 7,000 parlay I had placed oh, last weekend. That's uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> can imagine how I'm feeling about my boy Tua right now. Um, Look, I'm just going to look at Justin Pats, you know, asking for, uh, I don't know, trying to pump up the crowd or asking for some volume, but he's on mute, so it's kind of ironic. Um. Now he's I want to hear. I, I want to hear more about how you're upset with your boy Tua. 
once you realize how mediocre of a quarterback he is and that yes. he just has two. How mediocre, yeah, you, come to, you come to talk after he plays against the San Francisco 49ers who you've acknowledged are the best defense in the entire league and have given up like barely any points in the second half for the previous four or five weeks. But anyway, my last pick, Justin Jefferson over 94 and a half yards. Um, I really couldn't find another 7-8 legger that I like this week, Pete, to be honest with you. That's really what you this used comes all from. the games. You used all the games. What a concept. He can't find a third seven-pick parlay. I exhausted every single option when looking at this, and it just came down to, you know what? I think that Justin Jefferson is going to have to carry the offense this week, and I hope I'm picking the right Viking because it's either going to be him or it's going to be Dalvin Cook that's going to have to carry them because the offense has been kind of sputtering, especially in the second half last week against the Jets. You know, they started out hot, hung 20 in the first half, and then it was just really a slog until the end um they scored one late touchdown via jefferson but in this one which i think does become like i said high scoring game high 20s low 30s i think it's going to be jefferson that's going to have to go over 100 yards in, in this game um and he had about 45 yards last week so i've been expecting you know big bounce back spot which is what part of why i like this and then the second main reason i like this two career games in Detroit, Justin Jefferson, 11 for 182 and nine for 133. So <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna go with the go with my my gut here. I was tempting, not a, I was leaning towards taking something else, maybe going on the teaser route that Pat usually does with teasing the Vikings up to like plus seven and a half, and then going with the points. But I'm gonna stick with with pick number one this week that I had in this slot, and that was Jefferson to go over the 94 and a half yards minus 115 pick five. Justin Jetta, Jay Jettas, man. I mean, what he's he's so incredible. I love I love watching that man play football. Um, and and does he like what did you? I don't know if this is out of the blue. Do you guys know off the top of your head? Is Akuda like Akuda's their best? Um, what's it called? Their best cornerback, right? Does he yes. move around? That he moves around because last week it was a kind of a thing with with Sauce. Like, oh, he doesn't really move around. So are we going to see him uh, following Justin Jefferson around? You know, that, that um, wasn't really I don't think he'll follow him around. He is questionable. I know that. But <clears throat> let's also not forget that the Jets had safety help on Jefferson every week. So DJ Reed running his mouth that he held him down the entire week. Give me a break. Give me yeah. a break. You really want to go at him? Go at him one-on-one. I had a safety over the top majority of the plays. Yeah. I, I um I saw – I've seen some, you know, some previews saying, oh, like, is, is Okuda going to shadow Jefferson the entire game? Um, they talked about, you know, moving him around in the slot and as a nickel corner at times going into this year. But I think for the most part, what I've watched and what I've read, I'm pretty sure Okuda is, is, you know, essentially plays wide out every, uh, most snaps on defense. Um, and whether or not they line him up wherever Jefferson is, uh, will be seen. I don't think he's going to be on him every single play, but I think if Jefferson's lined up, you know, not in the slot, Okuda is going to be on him. And then, uh, Last thing, first meeting this season, Justin Jefferson against the Lions, three catches for 14 yards. So if you don't think there's some motivation here to uh, to have a big game this week, that's there as well. That that checks out for me. I look forward to it. All right, my final pick. I'm going with the second teaser of the week for myself here. And this one feels like just a touch square, this first part of the leg. But right now, the Chiefs are minus eight and a half at the Broncos, which – is probably a properly placed line just because of the Broncos defense being good enough to make, you know, Patrick Mahomes life difficult. But that eight and a half really sets you up beautifully to tease that thing down to chiefs minus two and a half. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to combine that with the jets and give them six and a half points at, uh, 
to up a plus 16 and a half. So Chiefs minus two and a half, Jets plus 16 and a half. That's minus 118 on DraftKings. And, you know, you don't really need to talk too much about this one. The Chiefs are, are better than the Broncos. Chiefs have some sort of motivation here because they can really lock in their destiny. They're basically locked anyway uh, into winning the division. Like that's basically a guarantee at this point, but they want to make sure that they're the one seed. They'd love to have a home, uh, a buy and home field uh, advantage throughout. You know, the, the bills have sputtered just a little bit right now. The chiefs and bills have the same record. So they need this game. They're not going to take the Broncos lightly because the Broncos have a good defense and the chiefs are aware of that you get them at minus two and a half and you feel good about it. You don't even have to really watch that game and you hope you, you know, you check the box score after and you're good to go on the jets run the jets plus 10. It's interesting to me that even though the money seems to be coming in on the New York jets a little bit early, it didn't really change the line in their favor. It actually went the opposite direction, right? So now the tickets, 63% on pregame.com, 75% of the money on the Buffalo bills. That's interesting to me. I know Pat, you went off the rip with Jets plus 10. I liked that that pick. I like that idea. I love that a lot, actually. And especially when you have a lower total. Right now, the total's at 43. It usually feels really good to take the team that's a big underdog, you know? And, and it's gonna plus be shit, and it's gonna be shit weather. Right. Plus 10, big underdog with an over-under that that that's that low. The odds are if the over-under is near 43, that it's going to be difficult to win by that much of a margin. So now I get the Jets up to plus 16 and a half. Again, I think Mike White does enough offensively to keep them in rhythm, to keep them on schedule for the most part, to move the ball, to get field goals, which is what really kept them in the game last week, to keep this thing close. I don't know if I love the Jets to win this game. I think I would lean towards Jets plus 10, even though the money thing scares me now. And I think the Bills really need this game and have a little bit of vengeance for themselves to get back at the Jets here. There's always the chance of a Mike White blow-up spot as he blew up last year against the Bills in a similar opportunity. Now there's a lot on the line. I don't see him blowing up. I see him doing enough to at least keep this game respectable, and at plus 16.5, I mean, I just feel very good about that. So Chiefs minus 2.5, Jets plus 16.5. That's my final pick, my second teaser of the week. That's it. Week 14 picks in the Books. Pete on friend. the Mike F and White train. Let's go, baby. Yeah. I mean, am, I, am I on the train? A half. Am I on the train or am I just kind of? I'm not on the tracks, right? They either say you're on the train or you're on the tracks. You got a ticket. Mike. You got a ticket. You might not be in first class on the Mike F and White train. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you. I'll give you the ticket. Pete. Pete is. Pete's Jets train is on the tracks, but he's got the bumpers up like you do when you're going bowling, so you can't throw a gutter <laughs> ball. That, that's basically what he's got this week. Pretty much. With, with yeah, the I'm, no, I'm, on, I'm on standby. I'm on standby. I'm, I'm like the guy who, you know, I don't have many responsibilities. I, I want to go out to uh, to Florida for the winter, but I, I don't have a specific time frame of when I have to get down there. So I bought a standby ticket. You know, I pay I'm, half the price and he, the airline he, calls me. They call me, hey, we got a seat. You want to come? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm on standby. I don't think Mike White's going to win this game. I don't think he's going to blow us away, especially well, no. with the weather. It's like you said, you don't think he's going to, you know, blow up. I mean, I, I, I think I think he's just going to absolutely explode because I think he's horrible. And I'll continue to say it. And you can take another clip from this podcast and throw it on TikTok. And I'll say it again. Mike White is a horrible quarterback. Go ahead. Throw on. I don't care. I guarantee you. Horrible. Two plus more picks this week from Michael White. Two picks for Mike White. And didn't you say, didn't you say two picks for Josh Allen? 
No. Did you also say that? No. Oh. I no, he has, he has Josh Allen, one-plus passing touchdowns as part of nine legs in that one. Why don't you put Mike White to throw an interception as one of the legs? That's not my type of bet, Pat. I know you're the type of guy to like to bet on the uh, the color Gatorade that's going to get thrown on the coach at the end of the game. Um, I mean, your betting habits were discussed, I believe, on the fan yesterday by uh, Wait, by, were Carton, they? by Carton and Evan. They were. Oh, they, were talking, they were talking about the World Cup, and, and Craig was asking how many people you know actually have organic interests and how many people just have money on it. And uh, I was out in the newsroom um, after working on the midday show, Tiki and Tierney, and and Craig goes, I know my boy Pat Boyle didn't bet on these World Cup games, and, and Evan Roberts goes, oh, you'd be very wrong. He goes, he was, <laughs> he was in the control room banging on the glass when Croatia beat Brazil because I had Croatia plus 450 to advance, so I was going nuts. So, oh, yeah, that was not. Wait, was does, does Descartes not know? Does he not know that you gamble like that? I don't I – don't, yeah, I don't think he – like – I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm known as a as a betting guy, but yeah, I don't think he knew that uh, that I like to wager. That's you awesome. see, Pete. Pat is the type of guy to not only bet on the number of yellow cards in the game. He is the type of guy to bet on certain players to get a yellow card in, in said game. No, I'm not. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> if that's true, that is insane. Betting on yellow cards is not crazy. That's a good bet. Just like betting on corners. That's a good bet. I'd I see. I bet on corners. I I, I honestly I really yeah. fell off. On the world, I, I was too busy um, during the days to like really lock into some of these some of these games here. But the first like four days of the World Cup, I was hammering unders and corners in little parlays, and it was going pretty well. Like I hit like two or three out of like five, maybe, and I was like, okay, I could do something here. And then I just got overwhelmed when I'm at work, like I can't watch and I just don't know what's going on. I'm like, I was overwhelmed, Mark. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the the mental capacity. I did not have the facilities for that big man to, to get the bets in. So I just stopped. I just gave up. Well, me and Mark are going semi heads up here as we're recording this podcast on Saturday. I've got Morocco plus one and a half and, and France to not lose in regulation. Um, and the Moroccans are up one nil at half. Oh, let's go. All right. Well, Pat, I will let you go to watch the rest of that game. That was uh, not my cue to end the podcast. I, <laughs> I promise. No, but I know you want to watch this game, and we we started late because of because of me. So uh, we'll, let's we'll finish up. That's it, though. Week fourteen picks, real quick. If you're watching on YouTube, here's one more look at our picks. Feeling good about it. Myself, Pat, and Mark all off winning weeks. We all went three and two. This graphic will be up on the social medias on Twitter at Subway Sports Talk, on Instagram at Subway Sports Talk, TikTok as well. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on your podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube to see when we post new videos. This is it, man. Week 14, exciting times. We're looking to chip away and get the team record to 500. I think we got it. I think we got it, guys. It's week 14. We got five more weeks of regular season plus playoffs. I'm feeling good. The PBS boys are trending upward. You guys have anything to say before we say goodbye? Mark just typed in the chat. My goal is to make four, make it four lines on a pick next week. So we're looking at it. Why don't you throw in a 12-legger? Get get 20 points teased on each game. I'm surprised you don't have the Cowboys plus three and a half, just, just in case they lose by a total. Yeah. Pete, I'm going to have to call my friends up at Action Network to get the stats for a 12-13 picker. Oh, man. I mean, oh, you know, it is it is what it is. It is what it is. 
Pat. You just sent me with, uh, I'm surprised you don't have Cowboys plus three and a half. Just buy 20 points on the Cowboys spread. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, God. I love the Cowboys money line so much that I'm going to take them with another money line that's even. <laughs> this is crazy. All right, Where's friends. That's it. That's it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you as always. Don't forget to do all those things I told you to do on the podcast apps and YouTube. You know, at this point, if you're hearing me say these words, you're a supporter. So thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Week 14 about to be in the books. We'll be back talking football, basketball, and more on Subway Sports Talk.